Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. I've got some other stuff to get to in this hour, but I want to begin in this hour with a conversation about food allergies, and certainly back to school means a renewed focus on that. You know, and parents have to keep that in mind when uh, packing their lunches for their kids, what the school policy might be typically. I mean, it seems like the de facto policy these days is no peanut products at all. But of course, peanuts aren't the only food allergies, and for you know kids with dairy allergies, etc., it can be a little more tricky to navigate. You know, and certainly, I think for kids dealing with these allergies, they need to to be taught to be the ones to look after themselves and know what to do, know to watch out for, to sort of empower them with that as they get older. But what about addressing this problem? I mean, obviously, this situation has got worse over the years, and it's unclear exactly why. Uh, Certainly, we've seen some new research suggesting that maybe when it comes to prevention, we've been missing the mark a bit with an approach of avoidance as opposed to early exposure. So perhaps we can make some progress in preventing some of these allergies in the first place. But what about treating the children who have the allergies? Maybe mitigating these allergies or finding a way to give some protection, maybe even potentially some point down the road, finding a cure. So joining us to talk a bit about where where the research and where the science is at, very pleased to welcome to the program here this afternoon, Dr. Adele Atkinson, clinical immunologist at Toronto's Hospital for Sick Children. Dr. Atkinson, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. Um, so let's talk about where, where the science is at. I know there's been some interesting research done on, on how to avoid peanut allergies in the first place and, and what we've learned from the Israeli experience, for example. But where are we at in terms of being able to help those kids who do have these allergies? Um, that's a great question. I, I mean, I, I'll just, you know, review quickly. As you mentioned, I think we've done, there's been a lot of great work done on prevention of allergies Mm -hmm. and whether we can modify um, things early on in life in children who are potentially allergic by definition of their genetics and their family history, et cetera, and actually prevent it from happening at all. And that would be obviously a great goal to have when possible. And the LEAP study that was published a couple of years ago now looked at peanuts specifically and um, early, early introduction being a way that we would be able to, in a very large percentage of kids, potentially avoid this allergen from coming. And then I guess our next job is to look at those kids that do develop food allergy and what we can do for them. And, you know, the things we have in our toolkit, of course, are we we need to get them to avoid the foods from a safety point of view and carry um, epinephrine auto-injectors. So that's something that we talk to our families about. But as the research unfolds, what we're excited about are things that could potentially help that population. So things such as, you know, we've got one of our uh, researchers who's working on a um, uh, a test that a blood test that can really help us decide which kids potentially might be ready for a food challenge to see if they've outgrown their allergy or even if they have their allergy in the first place. Sometimes you know kids can be mislabeled. So working on better tests to help guide us in our management of these patients, and also 
there's uh, one of our scientists um, who collaborates with us from St. Michael's Hospital here in Toronto is working on a molecule called PATH, platelet-activating factor, and its role in serious allergic reactions. And whether or not you could block this molecule in patients who potentially have the potential for serious reactions and actually potentially they might have um, a less serious reaction if they were accidentally exposed to the food. So those are a couple of examples. Interesting. And, and you mentioned that, that there are some kids who, who do uh, outgrow these allergies. Maybe they become less severe or maybe they, they, they go away altogether. Do we know how and why that happens? Yeah, you know what? We don't know for sure. So we've known for many years that a lot of kids who have um, milk, egg, and wheat allergies um, are very likely to outgrow them, often by the time they're three or four, or sometimes even sooner. So we follow them very closely and look for opportunities to challenge them with those foods. And our general message to the families is, your child has this now, but probably won't always have this allergy, which is great, because those are three really key foods that are in a lot of things. We also know that for peanut, uh, there is a percentage of kids, probably up to about 20 to 25% of kids in some studies, who will outgrow peanut allergy by the time they're a teenager if, uh, if they had a mild to moderate reaction as a young child. And again, we don't completely know the mechanism for this, whether the immune system just becomes tolerant to the protein. Um, we're not completely sure. So those are a couple of examples where we do know that it happens. How realistic is a cure? I mean, is that what we're working toward? And, and could we see that within, within a decade? Yeah, you know, I think when I, I was thinking about this this morning, um, thinking about uh, talking to you this afternoon, and I think, you know, at Sick Kids, the goal, I think, of all of the physicians that work here that deal with all kinds of different chronic uh, diseases and problems is that someday there'll be a cure, whether it's cancer, cystic fibrosis, et cetera, et cetera. And so I do think that it's nice to have that in our goals. I think it's going to, like anything, it's going to take us a while to get there. And I think that having that sort of as the ultimate goal really pushes us and our scientists to really think about how are we going to get there. So, for example, a number of years ago, we couldn't have imagined that giving peanut early would actually prevent some kids from getting it. We couldn't have imagined there would be a molecule we could potentially block and make patients have less severe reactions. So I think there's, while it's a lofty goal, it is something that we will strive for. And the timeline, you know, you always want to have a timeline. I think we all have to be patient because there's lots and lots of work to do. But I think the ultimate goal would be if a child did develop an allergy, how could we get them to the point where they could eat that food again with no problem? So we're not there yet by any stretch, but I think the, the, path, the pathways that people are taking are, are taking us on that route. Right. And, and some of these treatments aren't quite cures, but, but uh, there, there's, there's a lot of excitement. There was the, the one uh, Australian study that involved probiotic capsules. And if, if that proved to be effective, as I understand, these are, are fairly cheap, which would also be a plus. But what, what is this kind of research telling us? Yeah, so what they did was they did oral immunotherapy. So they give small amounts of, of, uh, of the peanut um, in addition to a probiotic uh, to see how that would affect the patient in terms of them being able to tolerate uh, a challenge given actually, you know, a dose of peanut um, protein at some point. And they did report that they did see a difference. Now, there's lots of oral immunotherapy trials that have gone on around the world, and there does seem to be a population of patients in all of these studies who do respond to increasing amounts of the protein over time, being able then to tolerate eating the protein. I think what we don't know in this study is how much did the probiotic affect the outcome of the study? Like maybe it was the oral immunotherapy, which we know from other studies has made a difference. So I I think it's hard to kind of know how much of the results we can attribute to the probiotics. I think we don't know that yet. I think there's still a lot of work to be done. And probiotics, of course, are being put forward as a 
potential treatment or cure or um, a way to deal with a lot of different medical problems. So I think there's a lot of work to be done. But having said that, it's always exciting to see patients improve in a study. So I just think the details would need to be worked out. And I think there's a lot of people that would maybe attribute what happened to also the oral immune therapy that they did have as well. Right. So in the meantime, I mean, it's still something we're dealing with, uh, despite the progress we're making. Do, I mean, do you have thoughts on how schools should handle this? Do, do peanut bands make sense or is that an overreaction in your view? It's a really great question. And, you know, we have these discussions with our patients all the time. I think certainly in our province, um, the schools, for the most part, have banned um, peanuts and tree nuts. And mm-hmm. I think the rationale for that is they're relatively easy to uh, to avoid. And also they are they are... They are two of the more common food groups that are involved, peanut being a legume and tree nuts being tree nuts. So they're, two, they're a little easier to avoid. They are, they are pretty common in terms of the, where they fall on the, um, on the list of things that children are allergic to. And also some of the reactions can be, in some people's minds, sort of more severe than some reactions to other kinds of food. So I think that for the most part, people have sort of accepted that generally. And it probably does potentially, especially with younger children, um, maintain some safety. The issue is what if people are allergic to milk? and wheat. You can't stop bringing bread to school for sandwiches, right. etc. So one of the things that I focus on with families and healthcare providers in schools when I have the opportunity is that we also need to make the environment safe for all kids. So all kids should, if they're allergic, should have an anaphylaxis action plan that is posted in the school office and in their classroom. Everybody should know what they're allergic to so that they can um, create a safe environment. As the children get older, developmentally, they should be involved in those decisions and in that those actions. So as they get older, they'll take more and more responsibility for this. They should, of course, have their auto injectors with them at all times, and there should probably be another one in the office of the school, depending on their age. I know in high school, it's a little different. My son, who has a peanut allergy, is now in high school, and he's completely responsible for his allergies. So I think... I think you can't ban all foods. I think it's not unreasonable to choose the ones that cause more serious reactions and are common. Mm-hmm. But I think we also have to remember that these actions affect everybody, including the non-allergic kids. And we also want to make sure that kids are not singled out too much when they have allergies. You know, I've heard stories of them being put in different places to eat alone, etc. We have yeah. to really manage the social piece as well. Yeah, really interesting. Well, we'll leave it there. Dr. Atkinson, really appreciate the insight. And uh, thanks so much for making some time for us here. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Right, there you go. That's Dr. Dale Atkinson, clinical immunologist at Toronto's Hospital for Sick Children. Our number here, 403-974-TALK. Quick break here. We are back with more, though, right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.